Welcome back to Hit Subscribe, where we chat with key leaders in the e-commerce space to discuss the present and future state of commerce optimization. On today's episode, we chat with Chris Bowman, co-founder and CEO of Simply Nutrients. We ask about how the pandemic affected consumer behavior as it relates to health and wellness and how this has impacted the sorts of technologies and strategies they've implemented as a result. Hello, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to chat once again. We actually had some hiccups recording this the first time. So this is take two. I appreciate your patience with that. But yeah, I think before we get started, I wanted to lay down some context This is actually something that leads well into the conversation with these technical hiccups. We've had to be online a lot more because of the pandemic. So a lot more hiccups with the internet. But also there have been other things that have come from the pandemic in terms of people's mindsets and shifts in their health and wellness and how they perceive their health and wellness. And especially I think for you and your company, how have you seen the pandemic affect the people around you and your target demographic when it comes to that health and wellness sphere? Yeah. I mean, the pandemic was a game changer for us. You know, like I think I told you in our last conversation, we had kind of re-envisioned our website and web presence in 2020, happened to be in May. And we launched it kind of a week before pandemic craziness set in because it was kind of building, building, building. And so, you know, our first week we had done a crazy amount of sales, probably 10x what we had done on a previous day because people all of a sudden said, my health is the most important. And I think the super interesting part as I was kind of reflecting on some of your questions for this was normally we are very much kind of a fast food health culture. And I don't mean that just by what we're eating, but our approach to health, meaning if we can go through the drive through at CVS and get what we need, that's been our jam. But when COVID came, there was no drive through approach. There was no drug. There was no protection. There was no any of that. So it really changed the whole game as far as how we approached our health. Not that we don't love pharmaceuticals, great place for that and has been so awesome, but the whole consumer mindset has now changed and shifted to how can I maybe fuse those worlds? How can I be natural? And that's, you know, our bodies are super complex. So that's an awesome space to live in. And that's where we really thrive is helping educate people on how do you do that? Yeah, that's a really good approach, I think, to the pandemic with your company being nutraceutical, like having that educational spin to it. I am curious with that, like, how are you able to leverage all of that information and insight you have and bring it out to your target demographic in a way that they would be receptive to it? I think that is really the universal problem around what we do, right? You've distilled it. How do you speak to people in a way that distills the complexities of the human body in a meaningful way right where they're at and kind of take them on a step-by-step journey? And so the first thing I think about, and this has been just in my own life, is what is the next right step? When you're overwhelmed and it's very complex, what is the next right thing you need to do? And so our approach has been and continues to be How do we provide you information on that? So for example, one in 300 Americans has hypothyroidism. Basically means your thyroid doesn't pump out enough hormones that it needs for your body. So instead of being overwhelmed by that, what do I do? Do I have to change my diet, change my whole life? What's the next right step? That's a really complex thing, but our approach has tried to be 
how do we give you usually video or media around consuming you recognizing I have a problem? How do I bring facts and data like testing to the problem? And then once I know the problem, how do I start to solve it kind of very scientific method-ish? Because the big rip on the natural health industry has been, well, just like the pharmaceutical industry, throw a bunch of drugs at it, throw a bunch of nutritional supplements at it. We very much reject that. Next right step, one thing at a time, scientific method, test and see. I love that. Was there a media or an outlet that really worked well for you guys? I mean, compared to the others, I know TikTok really boomed with the pandemic as everyone was on their phones. But as a business, did you actually find, like, did you do TikTok videos? Was that successful? Was there anything surprising? We did not. And maybe to our detriment, to be honest, we have to be careful too, because as a pseudo-regulated industry, we have to be very careful making claims. Like we can't say that this product, I'll pick on one, right? Orthomolecular makes a great product called Thyrotain for thyroid, like we just talked about. I can't say Thyrotain fixes thyroids. I can't say it cures thyroids. I am very confident it absolutely supports the thyroid because we understand through scientific research and studies how. So I think we struggle in this mix of how do we impart knowledge to people but not replace medical professionals or try and speak to that because your health is known by probably you and your medical professionals. You could be on other medications and other things. And so we've really struggled to, how do we impart that basic knowledge without violating, do no harm to the patient, right? So that's a struggle. We, we try to do a lot of YouTube videos. We don't do a ton on social media outside of trying to just present some basic facts and kind of stimulate people's imagination to, hey, you know, if this was affecting you, here's some resources. So it's really more of a top of the funnel resource funnel for us. Try to, you know, as people are scrolling really quickly through their phones, yeah, yeah, how do we just capture them really quickly and say, hey, if this is affecting you, come here and we'd love to help you. Yeah, I like that. And I think that's a really good marketing tactic is to speak to the actual problem that the person is having and how you can help solve that versus it being like a, we have this great product. This is why the product is great. You should buy it. Yeah. I hate the transactional approach. And I get, Mm -hmm. especially in our industry, that's how people search, right? They love to search by, I already know the solution to the problem. And so we try to not back the bus up on them because that sounds wrong, but we try to just take a step back and say, let's make sure we understand the problem. Let's make sure we understand all the effects. And then how do we take a holistic approach to it? Yeah, that's great. I think that is important for health and wellness and any brand in that vertical to be approaching it from a holistic kind of viewpoint because health is holistic. Health and wellness just by nature is holistic. Did you find that your customers and the people that you were really marketing your product out to did respond well to what you were putting out there? Did you kind of get any backlash or any people who were really not liking what you were putting out? No, I think we got a lot of positive feedback. You know, there's always those who want you to play doctor and are not satisfied if you don't. So we try to really just redirect those people to a healthcare professional. But a lot of it is very positive feedback. I think the struggle is always how do you get that information in front of people? This personalization and targeting approach when everything is basically 
machine gunned out there on the internet. You know, I mean, you can generate content via AI these days on anything you want. Mm -hmm. So when everyone's machine gunning that out there and throwing it out there, it's very noisy. And so I think we continue to refine and kind of struggle in the tension of how do we cut through the noise and focus enough as a company? Because it's easy, like there's a million opportunities. So how do we focus enough and go deep enough in a niche so when you run across that, we, we capture you and have everything you need to take you on that journey? Yeah, and I feel like, I think in a previous conversation, you had mentioned this concept. I don't know if it has been fully developed yet, but you had a concept of an app or like a concierge type app is what you had referred to. Did I remember that correctly? You guys have Yeah, we've really thought about how can we distill, you know, this age old problem, how do we distill it down? So we love kids and moms. And so one of our thought processes has been, how do we help moms through the nutritional journey? You know, there are kids with autism, for example, where there's a lot of proven things that nutrition can help with. Is it a cure-all? Absolutely not. But a lot of times, just like COVID felt overwhelming, these things feel overwhelming. Your mom, you got multiple kids, you're trying to do the best by them and you might be homeschooling them or you, who knows everything on your plate. And so we've really thought about, could we provide an interface that would be helpful, knowledge first, but really taking them on the journey based on everything from how they want to go. So if you want to go based on your kids' ages, we let you say, hey, here's the kid's age. What are some common things? And provide some kind of crowdsourced knowledge and reviews as a part of that. In addition to videos, I think the real challenge that we're finding is how do we not overwhelm? There's so much information. How do we keep it simple back to the next right step? And so our goal is really to put this in an app or an interface that's easy for moms to sort by lifestyle, by functional area. So allergies, maybe gut issues. And so just take kind of the top five. And so we're really sorting through that right now. We hope to launch that this year and target things like mom's groups. You know, instead of just saying, hey world, it's out there, build it and they will come. I think as a company, you have to be smarter these days about how can you engage where people are at and provide resources to them very naturally and organically? So not salesy. It's not like I'm going to you as a, in a mom's group and saying, you need this. Right. I'm saying, hey, here's some resources for a better life. How can we help? Yeah. Well, as a mom, <laughs> as a representative <laughs> of mothers all around the world. No, I mean, I, I get that. And I think everything you're saying resonates so much. Because even if I wasn't a mom, just period, there's so much information out there. It is so easy to be overwhelmed. I think one of my hesitations as a mom when receiving new information is credibility, like mm. trust. You know what I mean? Because if it's for me, but especially for my kids, I need to know where I can find real information, like the truth, scientifically proven products, et cetera. So how have you guys approached that challenge of being able to set your brand apart as being a credible source? How has that kind of worked out for you guys? Yeah, honestly, that wasn't a big issue prior to COVID. COVID has That's provided this unprecedented informational challenge. It really broke the trust, to be honest. And yeah. no one has really solved that, right? We have really taken a step back to say, what scientific studies can we show and highlight? you know, evidence-based 
you know, for any of our stuff has always been huge, but we've pulled that to the forefront. So for example, even in our manufacturing practices, we have gone to just in the past month, put our lab tests basically online in a graphic next to the product, showing that we've tested for cadmium, mercury, all these things, showing via independent lab tests, that's not there. So we've started just having to really be more forthright in the trust game, saying, you can trust us, but don't trust us. Here's the real proof. So it's, it's this irony of both sides of that. We have a lot of doctors and medical professionals we work with. And so we have them review our blog posts. We have them as part of our information. So we're really trying to bring trusted voices to the mix. It's really hard because COVID broke the doctor trust too. So it's not like we can say, hey, this person's a doctor in the space. So we get to this game of like, how do you trust us? I mean, it's one of those things of like, we try to give all of the reasons why. But at the end of the day, what is there that really says, why do you trust us? What is it, right? I mean, we've been around a long time. At the end of the day, there, there's really nothing we can hold on to anymore that is really the golden ticket that says, you can trust us because of this. It really has to be now our body of work and your own perspective and what you bring to the table, right? The glasses you're looking through. So for us to wrap that all up, we just have to be firing on all cylinders saying, hey, here's why, here's the studies, here's the testing. Just like we want you to get tested to figure out what might be wrong with you, we also want to show you why studies have proven this, why we're testing our ingredients to the entire supply chain, all of those things to bring transparency to that. And we hope and pray each day that builds trust. Yeah, I mean, the pandemic did change a lot of things and it did break a lot of trust. So. I think that is a unique challenge for brands in the vertical like yours, where a lot of what your marketing is all about is based on trust. That's something that's really important to me. I do think as a society, that is going to be something that is going to be at the forefront of where like e-commerce and just the world goes in general. Like we're already seeing it. Cybersecurity is booming right now because people don't even trust technology. And so I think that's a really good point. I think with the boom of the pandemic, you probably saw a lot more people adopting your products and finding and looking specifically for your products. You weren't maybe even doing as much promotional strategy as you needed to because people were just coming and looking for you, right? Mm -hmm. So with that, have they stayed? Like, how has that kind of looked now that the pandemic is basically over? Are your customers still around? How have you seen the consumer mindset kind of shift since then? And how are you guys as a brand speaking to that? Yeah, I think the the short answer is have they stuck around? Some, but as a society, we tend to default to the least common denominator, right? Which is we're busy, we're back to our old ways a bit, unfortunately. And so that promotes even more challenges for us as a brand. We had this window to kind of speak into your life, if you will. So we tried to take advantage of that window. And for some people, that's changed forever how they think about nutritional health. For others, they think eh, COVID's over, back to our old ways of drive-through life, which is hard. And so, again, as a brand, we just have to be even more focused on media, niches, whether we take on everyone's thyroid problems or what have you, 
we can't be everything to everyone as a health brand. And so we're really trying to plug into things like concierge medicine. How do we realize this idea of, and I hate even saying it this way, but I, I will just because I think it will resonate, Eastern and Western medicine. It's not really Eastern and Western medicine. It's not. But I think one of our big opportunities is how do we take this virtual concierge medicine approach that is caught on and is awesome, but how do we fuse nutrition and supplements and lifestyle more into that versus just saying, hey, you have a sore throat. Sounds like you have strep. Here's some antibiotics. Have a great day. We really think there's an opportunity in that space. And to us, if we don't take advantage and try to find ways to speak into that space, we're always just going to be, here's your catalog of products. Have a nice day. And that's, that's not going to work. Yeah. I feel like the really successful brands out there are doing that where they're not just selling you a product, they're incorporating themselves into your lives and into your routine and saying like, hey, we fit into your life in this specific way. And that's kind of how they've been able to create that retention aspect of their brand in a really successful way. I think something I'm also curious about, because you did mention this concierge type of concept, is there any other technology or any other invention or tool that's come out in recent years that kind of have piqued your interest? Any trends mm. or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, one thing that is very undeveloped is like, and super recent is the AI craze. I mean, think I about, <laughs> I, right? I know it, it comes up everywhere, but you know, you think about AI and, you know, you, you see all the articles on the news about how it talks back and has its own personality, but think about that from a doctor's perspective. You know, Walmart just came out today and said, Hey, you know, 65% of our operations and warehouses are going to be automated. It's going to be great for people because we're going to pay them more. But this degree of automation is coming to our infrastructure. That really hasn't hit the health and wellness space. It's always been like the doctor's got the corner on the market. If the knowledge is out there, how will AI disrupt that? Could you go to an AI for some holistic advice and it's pulling all the information out there you know, how would you trust that? How would you train that? There's a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. But I think just like we've seen automation roll into simple processes in other industries, I think automation will help close the information gap so it's not so overwhelming at some point. Someone's going to go there. Scary? Yes. Um, exciting? Should they go there? <laughs> should they go there? I don't know. I mean, scary? Yes. Exciting? Yes. So that's kind of one in the to be seen. I think as, as far as other technology trends, you know, concierge medicine is huge. You know, not having to go to the doctor's office, this virtual experience. And so for our industry, and how do we integrate into that? How do we communicate to doctors and healthcare professionals? How do we train them? How do we equip them with the knowledge? And then from a product delivery perspective, how do we integrate into those electronic health systems to provide kind of one-stop shopping? You know, the big push for us there is you have people like Fullscript and Emerson, which for our audience that may not be aware, those are basically big warehouse providers where they've got the catalog of a thousand supplements. So for us, again, back to that information piece, how do we equip you with information of why these supplements are important, how they help you, and how do we help you and the doctors get the information you need inside of that concierge experience? Because we're trying to train you and the doctors at the same time. 
right? If they don't know about it, they're not going to do it. If you don't know about it, you're not going to ask the doctor about it. So a lot of our work is just educate, 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 but we have to get in front of your eyeballs. And that's really the rub for us is how do we get in front of your eyeballs in a trustful, not obnoxious way that helps you on your journey? And that's the concierge kind of solution. That's, I, I mean, that's really the concierge piece, right? right. But we want to get in that mix instead of just pharmaceuticals 24-7. That's an industry thing, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, with the industry thing, I mean, this idea of the concierge app and, and that concept, that sounds really cool. Is there kind of a time and place for that? Is there even like a stage of growth for a business where maybe you shouldn't really look at it up until that point, kind of speaking to listeners who may have businesses of their own or aspirations yeah. of their own? I think there is a time and a place for that, right? You have to have some scale to be able to get in that ecosystem. You know, it's not something you're just going to break into. And so I think, I think a lot about personalization in this vertical, finding a niche, you know, you can't be everything to everybody as attractive as that may sound. You're just never going to succeed. So how do you find your personalized voice? Do your demographic research. You know, you've got to know, you have to prove it, right? You have to go in the system, just like we want clinical studies for the supplements themselves. You need to go prove that inside of your marketing plan. That you can speak to this. You can personalize the experience and you can then grow it. You've got to bring something to the table in order to develop those partnerships. I think that, that that's a topic that comes up a lot or a theme where it's like, you know, you need to know your demographic. You need to know the people that you're trying to bring your product in front of, et cetera. For people who are maybe in that aspirational phase or that startup phase, what kind of advice would you give to them, especially now with all the changes in data availability, privacy and whatnot? How do people go about getting that data? It's really hard. I mean... Privacy has really clamped down, which has meant you can't necessarily target how you would. But in any business, not to be generic, but I always think about lean startup, right? A lot of people want to just go whole hog. The lean startup framework basically says test and see. So find that data, you know, find your niche. And then if you have a great idea, test it out. But a lot of times people want to spend, you know, $100,000 and all this other stuff before they even have any testing. So what is the minimally viable product? What is the minimally viable marketing? What do you have to do to validate your assumptions around the data? And there's a million places to get the data. I think that would be a whole nother, that'd be a whole nother show. On, another episode. <laughs> that's another episode right there. How to get the data you need to start your business. But to me, it's less about where you get the data that's available and out there. But again, how people just want it, scope creep goes crazy. And then they're not successful because at the end of the day, they didn't have a framework of winch to test and iterate and change directions. The other thing I think about is, there's a great book on blue oceans. Have you heard of this? Is it like geography? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, it is geography, but it's, it's geography for business. It's business geography. Okay. So basically the, the concept is this, red oceans are hyper-competitive spaces like nutritional supplements where everybody's in there and there's a million competitors and it's super hard to differentiate where blue oceans are spaces where you're innovating 
and you're innovating where there's not a lot of competition because you've taken something that exists and you've augmented it in a way that adds unique value. So when I think about your question, I think a lot of people are trying to say, well, how do I do this? How do I get the data? How do I research? I would encourage people, first of all, read the book. But secondly, try to think about blue oceans when you're thinking about your idea and researching your data, because the data will point you and say, hey, if this is a blood red ocean and there's a million competitors, I think you have to ask yourself, is this a honeymoon idea? Is this just an mm. idea you, you've fallen in love with because of the idea and not because of the reality of implementing it? So I love business. I love entrepreneur stuff. But I think people have to be realistic about certain spaces. And unfortunately, the vertical that we're in is not what I'd encourage people to be in. It's not because we're there. <laughs> it's because it is super difficult. Yeah, that's totally fair. Also, I had no idea you were going to go in the direction. I thought we were going to go onto a health talk again with the blue oceans. <laughs> it's something about aquamarine biology or something. <laughs> also, you're going to have to send me a link to that book so that I can put it in the podcast Absol description. For Absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool. I think to round off this conversation, I'm curious if you have any last tips or suggestions for people who are aspiring to kind of be in a similar place to you at some point in their industry. Any tips in general, but also any tips on how to make it through any future global crises or any future unprecedented events? Like how do you remain an enduring company throughout those kinds of unexpected turns of events? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think as far as events, building trust and having media, communicating with your audience, you know, if you're there to be found and something happens, that only basically refocuses the communication and context onto you. But if you don't have any of that, you will never be found in that crisis, right? Because by the time the crisis hits, it's too late to say, hey, here I am, here's my voice. Other people's voices are going to drown you out. So I think as far as crisis goes, being true to yourself, having an identity, a clear brand identity is the best, most authentic trust building way in crisis or not to really maximize your benefit as a company to your audience. To me, that's key. As far as last tips go, I mean, I think we covered a lot of things. I think especially in our space, I think a bit of a farming analogy, right? And maybe it's a good one, maybe not. But, you know, back in the day, they plowed the field with oxen, right? How did you control them? There was a ton of energy. They could go in any direction. You put a yoke on them and that allowed them to work together. And so I think, you know, what is your yoke? You really have to understand what that is. How are you harnessing your brand identity, your purpose to benefit people? And again, I go back to that niche. Don't be everything to everybody. But if you can find your yoke and harness that idea and that energy and build community around that, and march in the same direction, that community and that purpose will drive everything you do and be amazingly awesome. I love that. I feel like this whole conversation has been kind of about e-commerce and health, but it became very deep and philosophical. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. I knew this would happen. This is why we asked you to be here. <laughs> I lied. I said that was the last question, but I actually have one very last question, Fantastic. more of a personal question sure. just for you. It's actually inspired by, and when I say inspired by, I mean, I took it directly from a post that I saw <laughs> on Instagram from one of my favorite authors. Her name is Brianna Weiss. I hope I'm saying that right because I said she's one of my favorite authors, so that'd be embarrassing. But 
The question was, imagine you were the best possible version of yourself. What would bring you closest to being that person? So what actions would bring me closest to being that person? What change would you need to make in order to be closest to that version you envision of yourself of being the best? Or maybe you already think you're the best version of yourself. No, no, definitely, definitely not. You know, I think what would help me be the the best version of myself, honestly, is just self-discipline. In this age, and this for me personally, for me to be the best version of myself, if I could just be more intentional in my relationships with my kids, putting my phone down, taking the time with my wife, with my business, all those things. If I can be more self-disciplined in doing the things I do and then really filtering out what's important, I need to be more self-disciplined with those things that contribute to that and be more intentional. And honestly, like I love relating to people, but just taking the time to be more relational. Calling my friend in California that I was supposed to call three months ago, making that happen and having the conversation, to me, if I do those things well, regardless of whatever it's helping, I will be the best version of myself. And I'm not very good at it. I mean, self-confession, right? You asked the question. <laughs> so now that we're having a confessional moment, that's a real struggle. And I think if I do that also, there's been a real, not to get too philosophical and we'll wrap it up here. It's but too late. <laughs> too late, down the road. But I think there's a lot of unhappiness in society and even honestly, sometimes in my own life because I'm not focusing, right? I'm bouncing around to so Mm. many places, but that's not driving a contentedness. And for me, that's a struggle is just leveraging those things to then be content and not more, 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 more. Otherwise, what do I have, right? Yeah, I love that. Honestly, we could have a whole other conversation just about that big answer right there. But we won't do that right now. In the next episode. In the next episode. Look forward to it. <laughs> That's a little teaser. But yeah, your friend is going to listen to this episode, I hope, and, and be like, yo, that, that man has not called me yet. <laughs> right. And it's a good thing. I'm picking up the phone right after this recording yeah. and I'm calling. This is a reminder. This is reminder. the <laughs> Okay, listen, this was amazing. Such a treat to talk to you, Chris, and learn from you and your expertise and your experience through the pandemic. So thank you so much for joining us. and. I hope we get to chat again soon and have that second episode. Me too. It's always fun to just engage and just have a natural organic conversation. So I really enjoyed it and we'll go from there. We want to thank Chris once more for joining us and you can find his company Simply Nutrients at simplynutrients.com. If you liked what you heard, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from and check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe for our latest episodes.